How many Christmases have you experienced in your life? You know, last week I was so uh, proud. My cousin Phil spoke and uh, I had planned on preaching a message that I heard years and years ago entitled Remember. And I, I was preparing that message and, and I heard it. It was from my cousin Phil. And if you didn't know, uh, last week we quarantined because Gwen and I and um, Mark and Brooke got diagnosed with COVID. And I'm here to tell you that we went through that. And, and if the doctor or the test would not have said that we would have had it, we probably would have not known that we had it. We, uh, we didn't really have any symptoms except the one that kind of everybody has as a I guess is the common denominator is that we lose our taste and our smell. And I don't know about you, but I didn't think that was so important until I lost it. <laughs> and uh, I'm here to tell you, though, that I fought through it and continued to eat. And uh, I, I wanted to keep my strength up. And that, that didn't hinder me from eating away. Um, but, you know, the, the, some of the, the symptoms of COVID is uh, you, you're tired. And then you stay home and, and quarantine. You, you do nothing. So sometimes you wonder, was I tired because I stayed home and did nothing? Or was it because I had, yeah. But anyway, the, the doctor uh, told us as a family, hey, you're good to go. And uh, we said, are you sure? And they said, well, do you want to be good to go? And then I, hey, hey, yes, I do. Yes, I do. So I'm here to tell you that I pray that you never get COVID, but if you do, I'm praying that you go through it like we did in understanding that God was with us all the way, and we believe that that is in your future healing and protection, that you do not get it, but even if you do, that God says, no problem, I've got you. This morning, I'm going to preach a message that starts out, you might go, well, pastor, Give me a little Christmas flavor. And I'll just tell you that at the end of the message that we will give you that. I will give you that. And, and it'll be something that you'll take with you this year, maybe more than other Christmases. And they've already stole my thunder by showing you the title of the message, The Danger of Low Expectations. The Danger of Low Expectations. You know, uh, there's something about expecting something to come and then not getting it. And then going through life going, you know what, I'm going to kind of kind of calm down and I'm not going to expect much. Uh, I heard an illustration about a little uh, boy playing baseball and, and, and a man came late to the game and he walked up to the dugout and a little boy was in the dugout by himself. His team was out in the field and he said, hey, what's the score? And the little boy goes, 18 to nothing. We're we're losing. And the man looked at him and said, oh, I'm so sorry, I bet you're disappointed and the little boy with big eyes said why would I be disappointed we haven't even come to bat yet <laughs> how many parents have ever gone to little league or you played little league isn't that true I remember my slogan as a little boy was hit the ball as hard as I could and don't stop running just keep running now, th this morning, that, that's the kind of hope that we need, especially at Christmas, and the expectations that good things are going to happen. Instead of looking in every little crevice and cranny of our life and expecting bad things to happen. Can I get an amen from some believers 
this morning. There's something about people that say, I just feel like I'm continually in a hopeless situation. This morning, I want you to understand that some people believe that, but there are no hopeless situations. There's only people that have grown hopeless about them. I want you to finish this sentence this morning, and as you kind of enter into this this service, this sermon, I, I want you to ask yourself this. Ready? I expect to... Okay, I wanted you to think about it. But, but go ahead, let's all say it. This year, look at, say this. I expect to. I expect to. Say this. I hope to. I hope, to. I hope for. I hope for. What is it that you're expecting? What is it that you're hoping for this year coming up? This is 2020. And, and, and I want you to see this because if we don't hope for anything... I think that sometimes we miss it without hoping and expecting things in our life. We get to the place where we read a passage like Luke chapter, or I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 11. Faith is being sure the things we hope for and certain of the things we do not see. We can't see it, taste it, but we're going to put our faith that God's going to do it for us. We're believing in Him, not in our own strength. If you go down and you read the sixth verse, the sixth verse of Hebrews chapter 11, it says this. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Earnestly seeking him. I don't know about you, but I haven't seen God yet with my eyes. I have not walked up and touched him, but I still earnestly seek him, believing that by faith, that through the life things that I go through, that I actually see what He's done for my life. I can actually touch the things that He has provided for me in my life. You know, there's a difference between um, coming upon a tradition, kind of like what we do here, and every year we have a candlelight service, which we'll do on the Christmas Eve uh, night. This year it's going to be different, so kind of mark your calendars. We're having it at 5 o'clock instead of 6 o'clock. Everybody say 5 o'clock. You'll remember the pastor holding his hand up like this, 5 o'clock, because it's only an hour long. So it's kind of like daylight savings time. If you show up at 6, you'll be seeing everybody leaving. What happened? 5 o'clock. And it's a tradition. We have traditions in the Miller families that I look forward to all year. And it's something like going to, I don't know if you are on Facebook, but every year we go to the Texas de Brazil. And now let me tell you, I can focus on how much money that meal is going to cost me. And it can ruin my whole holiday. But let me tell you, the moment that this year ends, I start looking forward towards next year. When I see my family and they come in and they're all dressed up and we sit at the big table and, and they go, are you ready for the meat? Do you not know who I am? You better call somebody. You know, they, they, they give you a little salad, and I'm like, get that out of here. I can eat that at home. Get that. Get that stuff that I need to chew on. It has flavor. I, I think that they need to put all the COVID patients there, because they'll taste that steak, no matter what. But listen, if we go through the motion, that can become so boring at a very beautiful place with a 
unusual or unexpectation of going into it thinking this is going to be the best. I hope you're following me this morning because we're going to be talking about a story of a, a man that kind of gets in a place that he doesn't expect anymore. Let me, let me quote this to you and see if this applies to you. As you grow older, your Christmas list gets smaller. The things you really want for the holidays can't be bought. What is it that you're expecting this year at Christmas? Is it the same thing that you did last year? Sometimes we get to the place where we go, you know what? And I used to be like this. My goodness, I see Christmas trees before Halloween this year at Walmart. What are they doing? And I know there's so much commercialization, but at the same time, there's something about seeing or hearing that first Christmas carol or something. Of the expectations of all the things that we do at the church every year. But the things that this year is going to be different. There's families here that wasn't here last year. That we're going to experience life together and we're going to walk through life together. This morning I want to use the passage. And this is a passage in Acts chapter 3. And here's how it goes. Now listen to this as even if you were there. I mean, listen. One afternoon, Peter and John, this is an Acts. Jesus has already been crucified, buried, resurrected. And some people believe that it's years after that event. One afternoon, Peter and John, who? See if you're still with me. Peter and John went to the temple for the three o'clock prayer. As they came to the entrance called the beautiful gate, the beautiful gate. They came to the entrance called the beautiful gate. They were captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth. He was crippled from birth. Being carried and placed at the entrance to the temple, he was often brought there to beg for money from those going into worship. When he noticed Peter and John going into the temple, he begged them for money. Peter and John, looking straight into the eyes of the crippled man, said, Look at us. Expecting a gift, he, he readily gave them his attention. Then Peter said, I don't have money, but I'll give you this. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Now, now, come on now. You weren't imagining if you were there. The expectation is nowhere close to what he was thinking he was going to get. But at the same time, if you were there... You would have been like, do what? What did he say? But watch what happens. Get this. Some of you have never heard this before, this passage. Look at this. He says, by the power of the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. Peter held out his right hand to the crippled man as to, as to pull him up. The guy's going, I, you don't know? Maybe you're new in town. I'm a crippled man. I can't stand up. But it says, as 
he pulled the man to his feet, suddenly power surged into his crippled feet and ankles. Just a minute. Before we go on, just right now where you are, can, can you feel your ankles? Totally your toes. Think about power surging through a crippled man's ankles to the point where he's going, what is happening? Look at the consequences of what happened. The man jumped up, stood there for a moment, stunned. We're talking about expectations. Look at these descriptive words. Stunned. And then began to walk around. As he went into the temple courts with Peter and John, he leapt for joy and shouted praises to God. Do you think it was hard for him to do that on that day? No, I don't either. Verse 9 says, When all the people saw him jumping up and down and heard him glorifying God, they realized it was the crippled beggar they had passed by in front of the beautiful gate astonishment, there's another one of those words of expectations, they're like, what? Astonishment swept over the crowd, for they were amazed over what had happened to him. Now, here's Peter, he's a preacher, he gets an opportunity, so he steps forward, and it says in the Passions translation that I'm reading today, this word that I don't know if you use very often, but it says, dumbfounded. Anybody beside me ever been dumbfounded? Do, 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 do what? Can I get two what? All right. Dumbfounded over what they were witnessing, the crowd ran over to Peter and John, who were standing under the covered walkway called Solomon's Porch. Standing there also was the healed beggar clinging to Peter and John. I don't know what just happened, but I want to be next to them. Come here. No, no. I'm staying here. Ooh, I love this. With the crowd surrounding him, Peter said to them, People of Israel, listen to me. Why are you so amazed by this healing? Why do you stare at us? We didn't make the crippled man walk by our own power or our authority. Now, now this morning, I could go on and read the rest of the chapter, but Peter begins to witness and to tell them, Why are your expectations so low? What is it about the people of Israel that went through this process every day of walking through those places? In this story, it was the beautiful gate. Prayer happened two times a day. They they would come to the temple at sunrise and then at three o'clock. Which one would you choose? That's the Peter and John's choose or their choice of coming at three o'clock to prayer every day this man was here begging at the beautiful gate now now they tried to research and try to find out which gate it was and and there's really no way of really explaining where it was but definitely it points to Jesus this gate we know that Jesus says I am the gate nobody comes to the father except through me that the sheep come through my, my entrance into the Father's presence. 
I, I love the thought of just some of the symbolism of, I don't know if you've ever read in Ezekiel chapter 47 about the, the temple of Ezekiel, the, the temple of God, where out of the gate flew, or flowed a river of life and, and it would come down ankle deep through the, and then just think this guy's got ankle problems and all of a sudden, boom, he's healed. And once he's healed, he goes around jumping and leaping and praising. Who is that? Now, now watch the expectations of these people. Who is that? What, what would you say if you saw someone jumping around and putting their hands up and praising? Who is that fanatic? Who is that idiot? <laughs> yeah. But talk about a paradigm shift. It says as soon as they realized who he was... Come on now. All of a sudden there were things, synapses in their brains firing. Who is that? Why is that guy doing that? Oh my goodness. He was that guy that just asked me for a quarter. Think about it. This morning, the danger of low expectations are... are so. Let, let me say it again. As you grow older, your Christmas lists get smaller and the things you really want for the holidays can be bought. Are you still expecting for them to happen in your life or because you can't buy them, because you can't go on Amazon and order them and have them delivered, you go, you know... This man, I want you to see some just quick observations this Christmas. This man was crippled from birth. He was crippled from birth. He never, to our knowledge, never knew how to walk. He never, uh, if he bought shoes, it was for looks. Here's a guy, have you ever been in the place when all you have seen is handicap in an area of your life? You haven't seen fullness and you don't have an appetite for wholeness in that area of your life because you've always been handicapped in that area. Somebody always told me that I couldn't do this or I wasn't going to amount to that. So you you never had an appetite to do something better in that area of your life. Now, this morning, I want, I want to touch on this because this is a good place. Prosperity versus poverty. Prosperity versus poverty. Prosperity is wholeness in all areas of your life. And so many times in our culture, we go immediately to money. That, that's the, you know, we need it here on the earth. But at the same time, over the course, you know as well as me, your health is so more important when you don't have it. Let me tell you, uh, you'd say, well, I, I can do without my taste or my smell until you lose it. This morning, here it is, and this guy is so lacking in this area, and it's foreign to him to even think about something that would be more than what he's already got. Now, now let me give you this, and if you're taking notes, write this word down, routine. And then the word that is even worse than routine is rut, which is a grave with both ends knocked out. Huh? Huh? You know what I'm talking about? Just getting in a rut of doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over. You don't know why you're doing it. It's just familiar. It's comfortable. And a lot of times what we do is we come to the realization that disappointment is really when you, when you come on now, when you just squeeze it and you get, come down to it, disappointment is unfulfilled expectations. Have you ever been disappointed in somebody? Never. 
<clears throat> if you're married? No. <clears throat> I thought you were going to buy that. I thought that we would have more than that. I, what would happen there? <clears throat> oh, levels. Disappointment is unfulfilled expectations. And, and you think about it, the more you get disappointed in life, it, it is easy to not want to be disappointed again. Anybody there except me? Come on. So what do we do? We create a system of low expectations. I'm not going to expect anything out of anybody, even especially myself. In the season we're going through, it is easy, I repeat, easy to have low expectations. Well, you know, with this going on in the world as it is now, I think I'm just going to sit here under the, uh, well, in my easy chair and do nothing. You've got more time on your hands. Are you believing? Are you in the Word of God? No, no, COVID, COVID. What, what does that have anything to do with? Well, it says that being carried and placed at the entrance to the temple, he was often brought there to beg for money from those going into worship. Every day he got up in the morning and thought, I wonder when somebody's going to come and pick me up and carry me to the same spot. He didn't have to think about it. He had a system going of low expectations. Who knows what's going to happen, but I've got to be carried to the same spot. This spot right here. That's why people knew who he was later in the story because they had went by that spot expecting to see him. It was in the same thing. Every day they carried him to the same location. Every day expecting someone to carry him to the same spot. Every day the same spot. Where, where's Jimmy? He's down the spot. What spot? You know the spot. He's been in the spot. Where's he going to be tomorrow? Same spot. How do you know? Because I see him at the spot. I come from the temple. I see him at the spot. I saw him there yesterday. I'm expecting him there tomorrow. If he's not there, someone please call somebody because he's not there. He's supposed to be there. He's in the spot. Have you ever thought about this? When every day looks the same because the system is running in your mind of what you're doing every day, the same thing, and every Christmas comes and goes and you're doing the same thing. Think about it. Every Christmas. Every year comes around. And sometimes we get in a system that we've done it all year. The light in your eyes go out. They, they become dim. They think, well, this is familiar. This is comfortable. Low expectations. Let me tell you, low expectations will rob you of your identity of who you are in God. And that is sonship. When we begin to understand that all through the year you come to church for a reason to be encouraged and hear the word of God and it keeps us you know, on the right trajectory, it keeps us in the right place. If you do not know who God is, it isn't long until you will not trust who he is. That's why Eve and the serpent was able to even convince her. Did God really say that? You don't know God. And the second thing is your own identity. If, if you don't know who God says you are, it isn't long until somebody could talk you out of it. 
And here we are in a, in a story where the, he's gotten so familiar and so comfortable with his routine, and, and we can see that in our own life, that it can rob us of our identity of sonship in Jesus Christ. Every day he was put in the gate, the entrance. The, the entrance, the, the gate is so beautiful, but it's in a, he's in an ugly sp- space. He's in the spot. Every day, the, the gate is a, is a sign of opportunity. It, it's right there at the entrance, but he never goes in. He's in the spot right there at the gate. Now, now let me ask you this, and I, I want to talk to some people that always feel like you're almost there. You know what I mean? You're at the gate, you're, you're sitting there, and you're, you're ready to go in, but you go, you know, when is it my turn? I see somebody else, you know. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride kind of thing. You know, when, when is it going to be my turn? When am I going to see something in my life? So-and-so got promoted, my friend. So-and-so got this and so-and-so did. I don't know about you, but I'm not a hater. But if I stay at the gate too long, I don't want you to go in either. You were a lot fired up last week when I was at home watching it on the Facebook. <laughs> Come on now. Just sit out here at the gate with me. We'll have hot dogs. We'll sing cowboy songs. You know, we'll, we don't have to go in. I don't want to see any promotion in your life. I like it when you, you know what I mean? There, there's something about the sinful nature. If I don't fight that, I, whoa, 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 slow down. I'm not going in. It's frustrating, isn't it? Here, here's this guy. And, and let me, if you're writing down this, write down excuses. Because this is something that we all find ourselves anytime you don't go in i can assure you just start watching excuses are going to follow excuses will comfort the pain of not taking the responsibility in our life the gate of opportunity though raises expectations in our life Can I ask you, quit making a routine out of being miserable? Have you ever shocked somebody in your family because you were happy? What's the matter with mommy? She smiled. What happened? The boss kind of gave me a little chuckle. Something must be wrong with him today. I don't know if he might have ate something. And sometimes if we're not careful, the, 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 the stronger personalities, you know, the clerics and the melancholies, they can be kind of, yeah, I am one, I know. If you're not careful, it's easier to be negative because then you're never wrong, huh? Yeah, at least sanguines and phlegmatic should have been yelling, Amen! <laughs> the nervous laughter follows. <laughs> Low expectations. I love Peter and John because they have spent their life with Christ. They, they have now come through the, the, the resurrection and now they have been empowered by the Holy Spirit in, in Acts chapter 2. And the Bible says they get into a situation where they are focusing on this guy that has to be carried to this spot. Now, watch this. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, instead of going, oh no, is there not another place to go in? 
I don't want to walk by him. They opportunity for the children of God. They, they walk right up to him and they look at us. It says he was expecting a gift and he readily gave them his attention. Now, now what was he expecting? His expectation was for some money. See, sometimes we get to the place where we're asked a question that raises our lid. Now, I'm going to tell you this story, and I tell people that, and I've never heard that before, and I tell it about once every six months at our church. But the story of the fleas, this, this is a crazy story, but if you've never heard of it, they'll put fleas in a jar. I don't know who put fleas in a jar and how they caught them and all that. That's Let's go on. But they put them in a jar, and they'll put a lid on top of the jar, and those fleas, being fleas, will jump up and bang their head at the top of the jar. Ding, ding. They say they they can take off the lid after a few minutes, and the fleas won't jump out. They'll just jump up to where, because they're tired of banging their head on the jar. Now, this morning, if, if your expectations are low... You're only going to jump so high. And anybody that tries to give you a little bit of encouragement, say, come on, man, let's try something new. Calm down. My head hurts. I've jumped high enough. I I don't want to go anymore. I've done that before. You're young and unexperienced. When you get my age, your head will hurt. Come on now. Are we children of God or are we not? Come on. He said, he's only looking for money. What what he was expecting is just a few coins. You know, this Christmas you might be expecting when you unwrap that gift as another tie. Please, 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 not not one with a floral arrangement on it. Please, please, hey, hey, a tie. Only a tie. That's good, this... Got a tie. Sweater. What are you expecting God to do for you this Christmas? Maybe it's something that you can't buy. Maybe it's something that you're going to do instead of receive. Now, Think about this. In this story, the the power of Jesus' name, the power, it says, I'll give you this by the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Peter and John are going to give this man something that he didn't expect, but way more than any money could buy. And it was because of relationship. Their relationship with Jesus Christ. Their relationship with Jesus Christ gave them the confidence to expect something that in our common mind was crazy to do. And a lot of times that's why we don't do it anymore. Because if we do it, we're afraid that people won't stand up and walk.
relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you. This relationship with Jesus Christ is not a, a, a just a church thing, even though this is an encouraging place to come and get the word of God. But it is all through the week that you have a relationship. You know what I mean? You got your Sunday prayers, the people that pray only at church. Oh, Father in heaven, thy gracious heaven. You know, they cut into the King James, which that's wrong with King James. But I need, I need a relationship with God when I just break in. Oh, yeah, remember that? Yeah, okay, God. Yeah, during the week. That I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I can hear the Holy Spirit say, John, hey, hey, John. Sometimes, hey, John, because I'm doing other things and I need his, yeah. Get over here at this time. Do this. To have a relationship. It's totally different than having a religion in our life. It's a relationship. Now, here's your Christmas expectation. Jesus is born in Bethlehem. Silent night. All that. He gets to the age of dedication. And they're going to take him to the temple. Mary and Joseph. A beautiful occasion. They do a sacrifice with doves and all this good stuff. And they, they get there. And I want you to look at Luke chapter 2. And some of you, like we do, read the Christmas story every year. It's a tradition in our family. And in Luke chapter 2, you go all the way down through all the great stuff, even to this part of chapter twenty or 2, verse 25. And it says, as they came to the temple. Do you remember the, the temple? Yeah, that's a place that years later, somewhere around 32, 33 years later, somewhere that this man has just been or will be. But the same temple, they came to the temple to fulfill this requirement. And an elderly man there waiting, a resident of Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. He was a very, he was a very good man, a lover of God who kept himself pure in the spirit of holiness rested upon him. Simeon, now listen to this. Talk about expectations. It said, Simeon believed in the imminent appearing of the one called, this is the Passion Translation, so I love the definition, called the refreshing of Israel. This Christmas, some of us need a refreshing. For the Holy Spirit, listen to this, Simeon believed in the imminent appearing of the one called the refreshing of Israel. Verse 26, for the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not see death before he saw the Messiah, the anointed one of God. Again, relationship versus religion. He has a relationship with God, so the Holy Spirit of God is going to tell him, hey, I got you. You're not going to see death until you see my salvation, the baby Jesus. He's in the temple, but here's what I love. Verse 27. Some of you need to remind yourself of this verse. For this reason, the Holy Spirit had moved him to be in the temple court at the very moment <laughs> Jesus' parents entered to fulfill the requirements of the sacrifice. The Holy Spirit put him in the right place at the right time to meet the right people to again prove who he was. And it says, Simeon cradled the baby in his arms and praised God and prophesied, saying, Lord and Master, I'm your loving servant and now I can die content 
for your promise to me has been fulfilled. See, there's an expectation there, and it was fulfilled. With my own eyes, I've seen your word, the Savior you sent into the world. He will be glory for your people Israel, and the revelation, light for all people everywhere. Who's a person everywhere? That would be us. 2,000 plus years later. Now I want you to see, the next verse says, Mary and Joseph stood there awestruck over what had been said about their baby. Can, can I say this? Expectation doesn't mean you can't be awestruck. But have you ever said something about somebody's baby that they were awestruck about? I haven't. Have you seen my baby? Six months. Already speaks Russian, English, German. And is going to be either an astronaut or she's going to be a ballerina. And, you know. But it says that they're awestruck. Now wait. Christmas is here this is the week. And I don't know how busy you are or how slow things have been this year compared to other years. But this is the week of Christmas. And I want to ask you, what are you expecting? Because I want to end with this. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, But when the proper time had fully come, See, God puts us in the right place at the right time to be beneath the right being. Oh, God has a perfect timing for you, just like me, just like for mankind. And he, it's saying, at the perfect time, God sent his son, born of a woman, born subject to the regulations of the law. Why? Look, to purchase the freedom of, or to ransom, to redeem, to atone for, those are words to... To buy back what was originally his. Those who were subject to the law. That we might be adopted. And have sonship conferred upon us. Now listen to this. And be recognized as God's sons. And if you're a female here today. And daughters. And because you really are his sons, God has sent the Holy Spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Have you ever had a child that said, Daddy, Father? I don't know about you, but my four children, boy, don't be, don't, don't, don't even. Because I'm like, what do I got? I, you, you can have it. That's what God's looking into you and saying, I've adopted you. I, I chose you before you chose me. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, bondservant, but a son. And if a son, it follows that you are an heir. Do what? Wait just a minute. I, I can be called an adopted son, but an heir? That's a whole nother story. That you are an heir by the 
aid of God through Christ. Can, can I encourage you this Christmas? Come on, come on. Ramp up your expectations of your new identity as a child of God. Replace 2020 that might have been awful in a lot of our lives. And in 2021 is a year that you're saying, I'm breaking out. I'm having a breakout year. 2021, 2020, see ya. Don't want to be ya. I'm out. It's a new day. Prosperity. Wholeness in all areas of our life. It's going to cost me to break the system that I've got running over and over that I'm going to be in the same spot. Has everybody, anybody beside me that been in a routine, if you're not careful, you don't even know what day it is? Is this Monday? Because it feels like Thursday and sometimes Friday. It's time for us to break the system of running over in our minds, over and over. This is what we do. This is what I am. This is all I am. This is what I do. This is, I'm going to the spot today and I'll be there tomorrow. Is this Thursday or Friday? I'm going to be at the spot. It's time for us to break low expectations and say, God, what is it that you want in my life this year? Let me say it again. As you grow older, your Christmas lists get smaller. The things you really want for the holidays can't be bought. This morning. Is it a better relationship with your husband or wife? Better relationship with your children? Is it healing in your body? Is it, is it a, a financial, it seems like you walk in sand and then it's even quicksand and I'm always saying, this year's different. This week, we received the news that the pains in Joe Fulker's legs, the cancer spread into his legs. And the doctors haven't given much hope. That's, that's who we are. We're hope givers. It's not, why are you amazed? We didn't heal him. It's the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Can you believe with me? Can, can you raise the bar of your expectations? Let's pray. Father, today, God, we refuse to walk in the spirit of disappointment. Expecting to be disappointed. God, we believe by your stripes we are healed. We stand on your word today. We believe, rise and walk in Jesus' name. God, that man thought that the need was going to be met if he just had a few coins, but Peter and John knew they wasn't gold and silver. But it was healing in the name of Jesus Christ that would make his life fulfilled. It would, it would make it complete of, of not lacking, just asking people for, just, just fulfill this little part. God, you had bigger aspirations for your child. Father, we pray for Joe today. Complete healing in your name. God, we pray for the people that are here today. They, Father, that the, the relationships, God, they're believing for something that money can't buy. But God, you can help us receive by the power of Jesus Christ, the, the Holy Spirit speaking to us.
Father, this morning, I pray for those that are in financial need. Father, they might be there today. But God, I pray that you would help them realize what got them there today. Something else is going to take place that's going to get them to another place of prosperity in their finances. And that is believing and trusting you. Father, today I believe, I I believe, God, I'm going to let my expectations rise. That God, that when I get up in the morning, I'm going to look, I'm going to long, I'm going to expect for the goodness of God to be active in my life. This morning, I want to ask our worship team to come back up. We're just going to sing again. And this morning, and through the message of, of the Word of God, I, I just want you right where you're at to just begin to think, where am I? Where am I expecting? My, my expectations are too low. If I'm a son of God, if I'm a daughter of God, if, if, I'm, if I'm being trained to be a king or a queen God, then Father, show me in those areas that I'm not expecting more. God, allow me to be a world changer, right in the world, and around my family, around the people that I'm going to be with this Christmas. I'm going to maybe give, Gwen and I this year, we have been blessed more than a lot of you want to know. <laughs> we've been blessed and you could have, we've already had testimony service a couple of weeks ago when Lisa spoke. And it's, it was in a way that if you would ask us, do you think that God's going to bless you five years we said well maybe in another way but maybe not that way so Gwen is a part of Alive at Last and and she's a um, and that's anti-sex trafficking and she's got some survivors and they minister over a hundred every year of ladies coming out of that and and uh, they have families and and she said uh, do you think our church could sponsor a couple of those single Mothers, and I said, yeah. And some of the people that are helping Gwen were like, "Are wait now, your church is going to do that?" Well, the the people that were responding, their expectations had been so low. I said, "Are they believers?" Oh yeah, they go to church. Oh yeah. I said, "Okay, so here's what John and Gwen is going to do on top of the chapel. Come on now." Take the expectations of what you can do for God and say, I'm going to ramp them up even more. When the, when the enemy comes against your finances, you go, okay, we're, we're going to give more. We'll teach him. Pastor, I thought you were done preaching. Quit talking about the money. Now, come on now. Can, can you sing? Can you say, God, make me a world changer today. Why don't you stand and or do you want him to stand or sit or where's Lisa? <laughs> She's uh, navigating the Christmas. 